Hey guys, so quick PSA before we start the podcast. Uh, unfortunately, due to unforeseen circumstances, Phil's audio actually got corrupt and we were unable to use it to edit the podcast like we uh, did previously with Nick's where we all recorded separately and they sent it to me. Fortunately, because I'm a genius, I recorded um, the Zoom call just as a backup uh, to edit it through. Um, so uh, both Dan and Phil's voices are going to be through the Zoom call, but uh, I was able to record my audio separately still, so I'm going to sound super extra special. Uh, sorry, Dan. Dan recorded his um, audio on a, uh, a separate recorder as well and sent it to me, but um, unfortunately I don't have a backup that's just Phil's audio, because every now and then voices overlap. I can't actually edit his beautifully recorded audio um, into the podcast, but it sounded great. Uh, and you're just going to have to trust me on that. So sorry for that. That's likely how things are going to work next week too, just because of uh, who we're interviewing and stuff like that. I don't know if he's able to send um, separate audio tracks or not. So uh, yeah, it doesn't sound that bad, but bear with us. Hello, everyone. This is Roll S- Rolling Sound Podcast. Uh, I'm here with uh, my uh, Shane Adams. That's me. Say hi, Shane. How you doing? And... Uh, and our special guest, guest uh, Dan Molly. Um, how's it going, Dan? Uh, it's Malloy. <laughs> oh, damn! <laughs> but it's uh, it's going well. Thanks for having me on, guys. Man, great start. <laughs> That's all right. That's uh, all right. Um, uh, so Phil was telling yeah. me you taught Vietnam. I don't know if you want to talk about that or. I just yeah. That seems like an interesting thing to hear about. So, yeah. So, uh, every year, um, typically in the summer from summer, late summer into the fall, uh, I teach classes at Sweet Tan university in Da Nang, Vietnam. Um, and, uh, I teach an editing class, um, and then full on film production classes. So, um, how, how that happens is, uh, cause I don't speak the language. Um, so uh, I do have a, uh, a translator who's also one of the teachers and also a filmmaker, um, on, he's more of a producer. Uh, so, you know, he, he tells with me during those classes and we basically teach the editing classes, the history of editing and then into actual editing. So, you know, I'll, I'll start with stuff like the Kuleshov effect and studying what juxtaposition means, you know, stuff that we learned, um, you know, early on in our, in our film school. Uh, but then going into like the Lumiere brothers and like the one 32nd shot telling a, a full story um, and then have them emulate that and those things. And then we get into, uh, you know, editing for music videos, editing for short films. Um, and we, we keep, we, we keep it pretty succinct. Uh, you know, it, it is difficult to teach when you don't uh, understand quite the language, you know? Um, so it, it certainly uh, is challenging, but the thing that I love about what we do, especially in the film world is that it's a visual medium. Um, and so when you're able to teach uh, using basically just visuals uh i mean it, it, it is comforting because there, there were things that i was teaching editing stuff that i was saying that i had no idea if the students were following what i what i was trying the points i was trying to get across no matter the fact that i had a translator 
Um, but then being able to look at what they were doing, um, you know, it's a visual medium, man. I mean, it's, it's, it's really cool. And then it, it got more difficult when, uh, when you're teaching a film production course, cause it, it starts from story creation. Um, so the first part of the week, we're talking story creation. Then the last part of the week, we are, uh, talking actual production. So how to set up lights, how to run sound, how to do camera. Um, and once it gets into the story, story creation stuff like that's the challenge of the language issues uh so it was always it was always there but um we were able to do it and, and do it well and the, the films that we did were, were quite uh i was very happy um there's something else i was going to say there too but i i forgot what it was um yeah um so sorry you're good um <laughs> what so other than the the language barrier what what are the differences in how a school a film school works there other than oh. here yeah so that was that's actually what i was gonna say that that's a that's a great question shane um so uh you are you are you at montana state as well no i i decided to go the independent self-taught route good. so good for you yeah there's there's no <laughs> yeah there's no right or wrong way to do it. Uh, that's a whole other conversation. And it's one of the ones I love having too, because mm -hmm. it's, it's yeah. so, it's so great. Anyways, to answer your question, for those of us who have actually gone through university, whether it's film school or not, um, the way our university system is set up is, you know, you've got like the one hour uh, lecture and then like a two hour lab. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when I, when I designed these classes and the syllabi, uh, for for both of the classes i was operating under the assumption that it was going to be very much like you know montana state university or university of montana, or university of montana so a total of anywhere between three to four hours of classwork well in vietnam that's not the case you have four classes a week uh all of which are three to four hours long and because of the translation issues and doing all this stuff prior to, um, <laughs> you know, through poorly tra Google translated emails, um, that was never discussed or wasn't really touched upon or understood. So by the time I got there, I've been doing this for two years now. It was a shock to the system after about two weeks. I was like, I'm not going to have anything else to teach because a lot of those those three to four hour class periods are lectures. Um, and so that's not the way we do things here in the United States. And so that, <laughs> uh, that created, uh, some inner pandemonium in my head. Um, a whole lot of what the heck am I doing? How am I going to do this? Um, but it also presented some great opportunities to use that, that extra time to, try and communicate with the students despite the language barrier. Um, and so for about the first two or three weeks of that first semester, I was going, what am I doing? And, and by that third week ended, I was like, okay, I know how to do this. And so this last time I went this last year, it was, it was great. And um, certainly there's always challenges, but the, the schooling system is way different. Uh, the other, like the, the other thing <laughs> that I think is funny is we're so used to like showing up, as a student here in the United States, you know, wearing a hoodie, wearing a t-shirt, sometimes wearing shorts. Um, 
And it's not that they have a dress code over there, but you're not ever going to see a student wearing shorts or just a t-shirt. Um, and so uh, being a teacher who, uh, or an instructor who, you know, like I'm, I'm pretty casual uh, that for me, you know, when I have to wear it, a collared shirt and long sleeves and a country that's a hundred percent humidity. Uh, you know, that's, that's a little bit out of my comfort zone, but it was awesome. And I actually, I really appreciated it. Uh, but it, it took some, it took some time to get used to. Right on. Um, so, okay. I had a question and now I've already forgotten okay. it as soon as I was going to ask it. Um, oh yeah. Um, so when you're not teaching film school, when you're back here in lovely Montana, what, um, what do you usually, what do you, what do you get up to? Um, so let me step back for a little bit. You know, when I moved down to LA, uh, would have been 2002. Um, so when I moved down to LA, you know, I, I had just graduated from Montana state. I'd, I'd won a scholarship for a film um this is 2002 i'm going down there i'm gonna be the next big writer and director and as anyone who goes down to los angeles i think 99 percent of the people that do that get a quick realization that that's just um not gonna be like the reality in in a lot of cases and there's there's nothing wrong with going down there with those thoughts but it's certainly a reality check when you get down there when you're going down with a million other people um, doing the same thing. So um, I was there for for three years, uh, worked for various different production companies, reading scripts, trying to find how I was going to get into what my ultimate goal was. Um, and ultimately, I got I got sick of the lifestyle down there. I got sick of I got sick of <clears throat> the egos, and I bottomed out and I moved back to Montana. Um, and I actually I, I quit watching film and TV. I just I was so frustrated with my experience in Los Angeles that I was like, I, I need to do something else. Um, so I came back to Montana and uh, <laughs> it seemed every, every corner I turned, it was always leading me back to what my passion is, which is telling stories. Um, and so there was a conscious decision to move, sorry, <clears throat> there was a conscious decision to move back to Montana. Um, but how am I going to make a living uh, doing film and media and TV. And so it, it really got to the point that uh, I have to make some sort of concessions. So to answer your question in a very roundabout way, I do a lot. Um, I have produced, I have directed, um, I have edited. Uh, I have been a production assistant. Um, I just got done right before the pandemic started. I was working as, I, I, I worked on a shoot in the G&E department. So basically I have found a way to make a living in Montana, um, but by having kind of a wide range of skill sets. Now, do I still want to be a writer director? Yeah, I think that's, that's ultimately, um, you know, things that I'm working towards uh, by doing, staying up with my writing, directing short commercials, short films, and then, you know, every once in a while, I'm lucky enough to uh, work as an assistant director, uh, learn the production side of things through that, um, you know, working on the Yellowstone TV series in, in the production office. It, it's more, it, that's not a job that's going to advance my career, but it is a job that is going to be observational. 
And so I get to be in the room with all these big shot producers uh, on a very super low level production assistant, but I get to listen and have these conversations and even pick their brains about what they're doing and how they're doing and why they're doing. So that's, you know, taking a job like that, not glamorous, not advancing the career, but it is observational and it's a learning experience. Now I've also been, uh, an associate producer on reality TV. Um, uh, yeah, answer your question. I just, I do a lot. And I also, I'm also an instructor with maps media. So I'm still, even though, you know, my main teaching stuff is in Vietnam, I still am in Montana and instructing, um, high schoolers and middle schoolers film production, you know, um, been out in Poplar, Montana to Harlem, Browning, uh, Ronan, Hamilton, Stevensville, Darby, uh, taking film production courses uh, to students who might not get it otherwise. Well, um, sorry, I just realized I always start the podcast off with a pun, so I'm going to do that now. Um, okay. <laughs> it sounds like Please, you've done God, a no. dynamic range of things. Sorry. I just, yeah, I totally, yeah. I, I had that pun ready and I forgot to use it, so I just had to get that out. Oh, that's good that's good uh yeah. for those not seeing the camera i'm like i'm literally giving shane a high five here with that yeah. i'm, I'm a, I, I love i love the pun so i am um, uh i'm running out though i have like one that's gonna be a stretch next week and then i have to figure <laughs> it out from there uh so I, I have i have one that only film people will get and is like so lame if you want to hear it <laughs> let's let's yeah let's hear of course it. All right. All right. So, what does the um, what does the best boy say to the key gaffer when he asks to place an uh, a light in the area he points? What's that? Yeah. For now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That works. That works. I don't know how many times you and I experienced that on that short film that you and I did yeah. uh, last yeah. fall. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, I I thought I I thought that was a, a that was a really great uh, short film, uh, really uh, awesome experiences. Um, yeah, um, I, I, I so I was just I, I just was in New Zealand and on my way to New Zealand I, I stopped uh, in Los Angeles and met up with uh, Sky, the director of that, and I, I was able to see a copy of the film and it's 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 certainly turned out. Uh, quite wonderfully at, at least with the the rough cut that i saw so yeah. i'm excited to see how that turns out <clears throat> yeah same uh yeah I, I just i it was it was a really cathartic experience uh to uh it was a cathartic experience in, in multiple levels but uh there was there was the it was the art uh scene it was like the uh the the gallery scene and yeah i just told like i don't know if it's like i told you or sky it's just i looked at my recorder and it's like guys i only have 12 to 16 more hours of audio left to record <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> what am i gonna do <laughs> You know, that's, that's the thing I love about film is like, you know, we, we get into these high stress situations yeah. and yeah. man, if you don't have a sense of humor, whether or yeah. not it's in your face or a dry sense of humor like that, like, I think that's still one of the best jokes I've ever heard on a set. Like I, I remember just cackling yeah. over laughing. <laughs> yeah. And like, speaking of like, uh, you know, films, but like that, that film set was like a really, really great experience because I, was, I remember asking like Sky and um, Logan, like, do you guys have any uh, like, 
key glaring issues that are going to be struggles during production and yeah. said um so far like so far no but um later in the later like the following day uh, you, you guys let me know that like uh, there's going to be a lot of improv um which meant there's going to be a lot of highs and lows of audio and uh, i was like all right challenge accepted let's go <laughs> yeah well you'll be happy to know that all those highs at least in the cut that i saw all that screaming and yelling did yeah. not make the cut yes so, thank god <laughs> thank so, god um because all actually, the, what's that i was gonna say all the loads i, I recorded I, I loved i just yeah. like i was like oh great negative 12 let's let's go but uh well and and thematically and i i hope i, I hope sky if you're listening uh doesn't get mad at me for saying any of this stuff but um how they edited that scene because when we were filming i was like man this is really uh, I think it was a wise director's choice, but certainly going to be challenging as far as the editing goes, right? Uh, because they did it so different with every take. And how they ended up editing that was, I mean, it was powerful, man. I mean, it's yeah. its really something else. I can't wait for you to see it. And I hope yeah. it, it would, and I, I, Sky and I were talking, she said, this is one of the toughest decisions I've had to make was cutting the scene. And, uh, man the the comfort she must have knowing that like that that her gut instinct was i in my opinion i thought i think it's a it was the right decision it's 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 a pretty cool edited scene yeah yeah um so okay so phil suggested we play a little bit of a game okay um, oh, yeah. That's right. so he suggested it um unwittingly knowing it already existed um, but he wanted to play I assume, a game. I assumed, I assumed it existed. I just didn't. I haven't heard it. Okay. Uh, so uh, um, he wanted to play it. what essentially is on Twitter called uh, explain a film plot badly or a movie plot badly. <laughs> um, okay. And see if we can okay. guess. So he has one. I don't know if you still have it, Phil. I already figured yeah, it yeah, out. I got it. But, um, yeah. And then I stole a bunch from Twitter um, that we can do as well. So, okay. If you want to do yours, Phil, and see if you can figure it out. Uh, I have to. I have to. I have to pull up our conversation because <laughs> you have to pull up where you texted to me. I can't. It's it's taking me too long to find this uh, thing, so I'll, I'll just uh, go off the top of my head. Um, but um, okay. So the, in in my the, the way I built the game, I don't know if this is how other people made it, but. Uh, the person who has to figure it out can ask me three questions. What, what okay. genre, live action or animation and what year. Okay. Um, and I give it like a brief description of like what the movie is or like, like a phrase that really describes the movie. Here, so, I, I found it by the way. I found the, uh, I did. Yeah. I'm, I'm retexting right, um, it to you. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Some say in order to break the curse of this once beautiful but now barren lake, one needs to build character and look towards the soil. Oh wow! It's one of my. It was uh, one of my personal favorite movies. Not now, but like a while ago, it was. Can you repeat that? Some say in order to break the curse of this once beautiful but now barren lake, one needs to build character and look towards the soil. Oh man. Uh, okay, so I get three questions. Yep. Shane, or do you you know the answer to this too? So I'm the yeah. only one playing. Yeah. Okay. All right. One, so yeah. uh, what what year? 
uh, I want to say maybe early to early 2000s. Early 2000s. Okay. Uh, uh, 2003 to be precise. 2003. Okay. And I can't use my own personal internet. Okay. Uh, do it. Can I ask stars? Not stars. That would pretty much be a dead giveaway. Actually, that would I be think. a give. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I figured. Uh, okay, uh, genre. Um, I guess like Shane. How would you classify? It would be like a, a drama mixed with. Uh, it's like a western drama uh, mixed with. I wouldn't call it a western at all. I mean, there's, like I, I guess there's western parts. Um, a partial Western drama mixed with contemporary, <laughs> uh, contemporary setting. That's that's a that's um, a hard answer. Okay, I am gonna say that it was just because this is kind of in the genre. It was technically made for children. Okay, yeah, that's fair. okay. Is it holes? Yes, it is holes. Yeah. Ah, yes. All right, <laughs> all right. It was it was it was the uh, builds character that that, yeah. that got me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I I thought about that uh, that phrase uh, while I was on set for my senior film while we were having downtime, like like we just we were we were playing that game the whole time when we were just like building uh, building shit and building like uh, lighting setups. Yeah, plenty of free time. Okay, so <laughs> build builds character. So build Phil character. doesn't know this one either. So okay, um, uh, it's pretty easy one. Uh, Moby Dick, but a shark. Oh, Jaws? Jaws. 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 Yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. Okay, here's a harder one. Um, a man goes to amazing lengths to help his pregnant wife, even if it means sacrificing his friendships and careers. Uh, what year? Ooh, ooh, I, I have no idea. Um, a man goes to uh, I want to say 90s. Lengths. Oh, no. Wow. That's a lot newer of a movie than I thought. Uh, 2005. 2005 yeah i totally thought this came out in like the late 90s but i'm uh genre rom-com uh sci-fi oh oh so that changes everything say it again a man goes to amazing lengths to help his pregnant wife even if it means sacrificing his friendships and careers it's not superman is it no i'll expand upon it and say that um he, he he ends up failing to help his pregnant wife. Jeez, it's sci-fi. Yeah, it's not children Man. men, is it? No. Uh, so we got so two thousand five. Mm-hmm. We got sci-fi. What are what are the other questions? Uh, year. Year. We got that two thousand five. Oh, oh yeah, and uh, live actor animation. So it's live action. Well, live action. It's kind of a mixture. There's a lot of CG in that movie. Yeah. Uh, it's, let's see. The astronaut's wife. No. No. That's, that's callback though. Oh man. Okay. So I'm. It's not. I'm. I'm, a, I'm a just. Do you want? Do you want? Yeah. Know? Yeah. So yeah, it's I do. Uh, uh, Revenge of the Sith. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. That one, that one was hard. Okay. Damn. Yeah, I feel I feel like I should have known that cuz I've been binging all of those crappy movies for the last month and a half. All right, I got a, I got another particularly hard one. It might be hard, maybe okay. you'll figure it out. Um uh paternity test goes wrong. 
That's all it is. Knocked up? No. No. Okay, what year? Uh, I gotta look it up again. Hang on. <laughs> uh, let's see. See, normally uh, when I look things up, I'll I'll say out loud. Uh, July two thousand eight. The can't. Paternity test gone wrong. Uh, uh, alien? <laughs> no. <laughs> um. What 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 genre? Musical. <laughs> is, wait, is Her- it rent? Hairspray? Oh. No. It's not Rent, is it? It's not Rent. Chicago? Rent is, by the way, coincidentally my favorite musical, but no. Rent doesn't uh, have any children in it. Man, musical. Paternity. I'm, I'm just naming musicals. Name. I, <laughs> I, 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 I know a handful of musicals. Uh, man, I news... love musicals. I, I am, I'm a musical junkie and a paternity test gone wrong. Uh, you say the Newsies? I'm just, yeah, I'm just yelling out other musicals. Um, yeah, this one's stumping me. High school musical. <laughs> um, Part one, two, or three, Phil. Uh, okay, you want to know? <laughs> yeah, I do. Uh, Mamma Mia. Yeah, gotta... uh, mm. yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah, yeah. All right, hang it's on. Let's see. Not Phantom of the Opera. No. No. All right, this one's probably an easy one. Uh, eccentric old man convinces teenager to travel back in time to begin incestuous relationship oh. with mother. I, I know it. <laughs> do, do you have that one? I, I got it. It's it's Back to the Future. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> so and then that's that's all the really good ones I've gotten here. That wasn't the Terminator. I figured it was the Terminator. No. That's, that's, that's I suppose it kind of kind of could have worked <laughs> though, huh? <laughs> Except for the eccentric old man part. Except for the eccentric old. It's you know. It's I guess more the later ones. Really. Yeah, have you watched the latest one, the, I the Dark Fade? I haven't. Oh my no. god, I, watch watch I gave up after Genesis. Yeah, yeah. What the hell was that? I mean, I watched uh, I watched Dark Fate on the way back from New Zealand and sat there for like yeah. two hours on the airplane, going, "What is going on? <laughs> how did this? How how did this series just fall so far? I mean, I don't know. I'm Those troubled. first two movies are pretty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> once you introduce that to it, I mean, like, yeah, it's it's. It's like the, like there's there's like I think there's a common problem and like some movies don't need to have sequels. I think Terminator didn't need to have a sequel. Mm, I right. agree. I agree. Or Jurassic Park definitely didn't need to have a sequel, even though there's God. a second book. Doesn't well, matter. yeah. If if you re- if you read the original Jurassic Park book, it's almost like they took bits from the yeah, book and split it uh, into two movies. What Ham- Hammond dies in the first book, right? Spoilers. Ham- Hammond dies and they nuke the island at the end of the first book. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and, <laughs> like, like, Muldoon has rocket launchers instead of the Spaz 12 shotgun, which I think is a terrible uh, adaptation choice. You should have right. rocket launchers killing velociraptors. That sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and now, just, just so we're all clear here, as avid film goers, mm-hmm. the Jurassic World franchise is now teetering on human dinosaur clones yeah, so when this yeah, third one comes out like that's that's where we're at in that series so, so yeah that movie they didn't need to Man. bastardize those with so many sequels i like well just... it's it's now just they're they're just like the godzilla movies now they're just big monster movies yeah. really i mean right and it, and it, it pisses me off because like Jurassic park is like one of my favorite movies um, yeah it's fantastic because it's like it's it's a deep movie wrapped around a blockbuster and i i, I could yeah i could I could talk about on hours about how like how the complexities of Jurassic Park, but uh, um, no, well, just I, like, I, 
Yeah, I, go I was, ahead. I was just gonna say, like, like who think who, you? How do you think you're a good writer if you think training dinosaurs to attack Pakistan <laughs> or the Taliban is a good idea? If like we have that, we have drones, we can people we can kill people from uh, the atmosphere, or we don't have to worry. About, we don't have to train drones. <laughs> I mean, if, if we're if, if we're in this story and we have we're at a point where we can clone dinosaurs, what else can they do? Why are they training a series of Velociraptors? When I saw that spot in that trailer for that first yeah. Jurassic World movie, it's like there's no way in hell I'm going to watch this. Like, I'm yeah. sorry, no, yeah, no, 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 no. And then but, and, the, and then the, what the uh, the the T Rex teams up with the Velociraptor to kill the demon dinosaur, <laughs> right? Because well, because well, it's got a little it, bit of Velociraptor in it, I guess. Well, in their yeah. defense, in their defense of that decision, you know, if you look at the end of the first Jurassic Park, those Velociraptors on their own, without the training of humans, do team up on the on the Tyrannosaurus. No, it's the it's the other way. It's the Tyrannosaurus Rex comes in and beats yeah. all the mm-hmm. all the Velociraptors. Yeah. Okay. That- that Tyrannosaurus Rex was named Terry, and he was a really good T Rex. Yeah, was that a was a boy. good T Rex. He was yeah. a good boy. Yeah, um, he deserved all the treats. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Have you guys seen in the first Jurassic Park movie? Uh, there's a frame while the Raptors are fighting the the T Rex, where one of the Velociraptors inside the T Rex's mouth disappears just completely from for mm. for a single frame. Like a, like just As like he's a swinging him around, thing, like... he just swings him around, and then one frame, the Velociraptor's just gone. If that's uh, like, if that's the one gripe to the, the, the CGI to Jurassic Park, I that's I'm completely fine with that because came out in '93. Yeah, no, it's yeah. is, is really good. Yeah, and it's just a little, it's just a little glitch. But hey, guys, so just interrupting this podcast to uh, tell you guys to share and um, and like the podcast and leave us a review or whatever you want to do to uh, help the podcast grow. We would really, really appreciate that. Um, also, if you have short films, uh, please send your short films in if you want us to talk about them on the podcast. Uh, we would love to talk about your short film or just a short film that you really like, um, that you really want to hear our opinions on. Uh, we're going to move into the short film section now, uh, so I hope you guys are enjoying. Uh, time code. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I ended up buying that movie twice. Um, because I money well spent. Yeah. Well, I bought yeah. it. I bought yeah. it. Um. Uh, I wanted to buy it on my personal YouTube account, but um, I had forgotten that I was on the Rolling Sound YouTube account. Um, ah. Doing some YouTube stuff, and then I went and bought it there, and then I was like, "Well, yeah, but I want this." film so that i can watch it (laughs) without this account so then i went and bought it again um and i don't regret it because it's i i i I fucking loved it it was fantastic so (laughs) i'll let you guys um start out with your thoughts and then i'll go into mine um first off it's my favorite romantic movie yeah it's 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 incredibly simple um i think i i I was rewatching it today um just for, as a refresher, I've seen it like five times, but just as a good refresher. Um, but I think the thing that's really crazy is that anybody could have made this movie has won a bunch of awards, and yet anybody can make this movie. And really, the truly complex thing about this film, I suppose, would be like 
the ability to record 17 hours of footage on different camera, like just a lot of like information. Cause like you look at the, I mean, granted the time codes could be wrong. Like it could just be, it could just be like five minutes of uh, 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 footage. And it's actually like, it says like 17 hours or something like that. Um, and the other thing is like that, the little computer screen that uh, that's like, but that's a simple, like, if you, if you know someone who knows like after effects or some, some like computer grade stuff, I'm sure that isn't. Oh yeah. That's, that's super, that, all of that is super easy to fake. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, what, what about you, Dan? What did you think about it? Oh man, you guys, you guys are opening up a whole thing for me. So first off, I, I do want to say thanks for introducing me to that. Uh, I didn't know what I was getting into. Um, and so I, I mean, I was just, I was so moved by the movie, you know, I, it, I've got my notes here and it's like, Ooh, is this a thriller? Cause I didn't, I didn't, I love yeah. watching things yeah. where I don't, you know, what's going on. So it's like, Oh, this is this a thriller? Wait, why is this dude dancing? Is he about to turn into a zombie? What the hell's that? Uh, Oh wait. Okay. So my evolution of thought goes from all this crazy stuff into it's one of the sexiest movies I've ever watched. Sure. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's a short sure. film and, and to echo your sentiment there, uh it, it's incredibly simple just from story and but it's absurd as hell um yeah. so how, how does that pitch go um so there's these two security guard officers and they fall in love through dancing on the security clearance the cctv cameras so you know yeah. that sounds absurd as hell but it's 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 yeah. so simple and so beautiful and like one of the things I'm doing right now teaching um, and it's what I did in Vietnam and it's what I just did at uh, the Darby high school here is I'm really hell bent on um, like really pushing people, especially those new into this film stuff is to tell a story without dialogue, that entire movie, even though there yeah. is dialogue at the, yeah. at the beginning and, and at the end, that entire movie, it's a silent film. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, 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 even with the wonderful punchline at the end, Oh my God. Yes. Uh, <laughs> It, it could still it, that movie still works with a visual cue of a joke of him you know if that punchline isn't there that he can't dance like it still works and yeah. so like my challenge right now and not to take away from future jobs phil but my challenge um and oh, personally I, something that drives me creatively uh, is i want to tell a short film but not using dialogue and i think yeah. that movie time code is such a wonderful wonderful example of how to tell a three-act mm -hmm. story yeah without dialogue yeah. and it's easy it's so simple and yeah. we forget that you know I, yeah. I just worked on another short film would have been maybe just like two years ago so not just but it was so complex with this narrative and i'm like why does yeah. it have to be complex it doesn't yeah there's but, yeah, uh, yeah. With, with, i was gonna say yeah like one of like the most true things that kind of like doesn't get touched on in film school enough is that like movies can be really good but also really simple yeah um and just like just think about this like sometimes you don't even need to think about the characters just think think about like 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 i mean it helps if you think about like if you give these characters a lot of like uh like real uh imagery and like you understand who these characters are but like if you just understand the world and the world you want to tell and under and it's like it's a very clear and concise uh thought process yeah. it's yeah. it's going to work wonders well, and my whole Sorry. thing right now, it just even as a writer, um, so I'm working on a on a script, and it's it, it's a feature length script. But the the thing that I'm discovering to echo that point 
is that like once you introduce like a whole lot of dialogue and let's say exposition um with that is gonna lend itself to more questions right and then we just get bogged down in the if ands what's or why's whereas when you strip it of all dialogue and just yeah. focus on that story like i'm not asking questions like well wait how did that time code match up with all of that which we know we know how that happens yeah. but like if if that character says hey by the way check out this time code on this camera like that just raises questions whereas when he just puts a note and the yeah. curiosity yeah or when it's it's her that puts the note and then his curiosity like yeah. we're not we accept it whereas when yeah. we we throw all this exposition we're like wait but how would this happen? And then that, and then that, like I saw a breakdown of Avengers Endgame, and I'm like, why are you questioning that? Like, yeah. just let, let, that's the story. Let it live in there. That's how I feel about the new Star Wars, by the way. <laughs> right. <laughs> I like exactly. it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, aside from, uh, aside from new Star Wars, cause that's a whole other can of worms. Um, uh, aside from the movie. story, um, the, 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 the uh, cinematography, um, I was watching it and, and the camera, it's almost all static shots, which you don't right, see right. nowadays, um, which I really right. appreciated because, um, there's a few times where it, there's just a couple pans and tilts. And then there's like one that could have been like a dolly or a, a gimbal or a steady cam or something. Um, and there, it's just the one. And then other than that, it's all super simple, super easy shots, but it still looked interesting. Um, mm -hmm. which yeah. is not something you see nowadays and especially coming off of, uh, that 1917 high having, yeah. having those, uh, still cameras is refreshing. Well, and it's, and it, and it, it, it really, it really says something about like, I mean, I don't know what people are teaching at universities or what is driving us as filmmakers, but like, for some reason we have this ingrained in an idea that if it's comp, if it's, if there's more complex shooting or the complex, the more complex the technique is like the more valid our story is. And that's just, yeah. it's, it's bullshit. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. But like, yeah, 1917 was freaking amazing. Mm -hmm. And I'm not taken away from that, yeah. but that is a director and a, a cinematographer who have been working for 50 years <laughs> yeah. who yeah. have crafted that to, to that, to be able to do that. Should we aspire to do something like that? Yeah. But we don't have to. Yeah. You yeah. know, and that's, yeah. And that's that's what i just like in fact that's one of my known it that's uh static static filming that's mm -hmm. what i have right here mm -hmm. in my notes yeah. and it's like you just you don't see that especially in short films where when we're doing short films it's like we have to do something to prove our worth as filmmakers so someone is going to notice us but here's a film that didn't do any of that Got, won a festival at uh, an award at con and was nominated for uh for an oscar Mm -hmm. and it's yeah. so simple yeah and it this is the other thing like it's funny because it's a spanish language film even though it's sort of a silent film and it was mm -hmm. still nominated in that category of best uh live action short yeah, yeah. like that's 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 pretty impressive yeah yeah it was um well and then the this you say it's silent um this this the uh score really fit well with the rest mm. of it i don't know if they i'm sure they wrote their own score but um yeah it was really good um i don't that's all that's all i had to say there <laughs> i like so, the score. okay so i can't expand upon that any more than that but another thing I, I would like to mention is that like when you, when you want to make like a short film 
I mean, like when you want to make any film that's like really good, you're always like curious about like how well your talent's going to be, how well the, the cast is going to be. But I'm 90% sure those guys were just trained, uh, trained dancers mm-hmm. that were, were co- maybe had an acting coach on set or something like that. Absolutely. Um, that, that yeah. There's no way there's like, yeah. <laughs> they, that had yeah. to have been trained dancers. And um, there, there's a certain like level to that of authenticity. Like, like if you look at like, like I'm a big fan of the first John Wick movie, but I'm not a big fan of the second John Wick movie because most of the actors in the second movie are celebrities. And most of the actors in the first John Wick movie are pro- professionally trained martial artist uh, movie stuntmen. Yeah. So like the, there's there's a real closer sense sense of authenticity of fighting in that first movie than there is in the others. Like, yeah, I've not I've I've not dived into those movies yet, but I can. Either. That's I, I think that's totally valid. Um, oh, they're, they're, they're great indie dramas. They're just the best. <laughs> John Wick movies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> indie indie drama. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of guns and a guy on a horse and downtown Manhattan. It's mm. basically a mumblecore movie mixed right. with, mixed around a spaghetti western. Right there, you go. Um, well, let me. So one of the things that I have written here in regards to to time code is like one thing I like to do is like you know what what's the main theme here behind these movies and like because at the end of the day when we're watching something like this like what what is it that works like what is it that made it so successful right because it's yeah the technique is great in its simplicity but like what are the themes that like re- that really hit hit you and it's like for me and and granted i think i'd be watching this movie in a different way if we were not in the middle of a pandemic but like the need for human interaction and connection mm-hmm. yeah like that first images we see of her yeah. she's so like she's um she's not done up she's quiet she clearly lives by herself you know um and then just like that that connection when she sees him dancing for the first time it was like it was heart melting it was so awesome i don't know sorry i can go off on tangents and like and to expand upon that like even like thematically like like even like pictorially there were like moments like the the guy who wanted to pay for his uh his ticket we never saw his face Nope. Uh, the, the, his, his the, her boss we only heard a phone call like we, we never saw real people until the end of the movie or or her uh her like counterpart lead the other dancer um that was yeah. the real only real interaction i think that that's yeah yeah it's and it like uh, and again that 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 book ending of her putting on her clothes where she she's sort of like disheveled yeah and then it the guy that's replacing her like just that that bookend of like oh these people are like what's that correlation there between the disheveled taking this job and the lack of connection or something like that i don't know yeah. i'm probably overthinking that but i thought it was a yeah no the um i i just i thought that that one scene where she's like it's like reaching the end and like she uh, uh she's just like clocking in and then starts doing morning stretches for her dance dancing like a like a like a ballerina yeah um that shot by the way is one of my there's one shot of of her sitting at the desk through a window which i really liked but the shot that they kept calling back where the the camera's in that same wide sort of wes anderson everything centered sort of shot of the um 
of the hallway where you enter. I just, I don't know, I really liked it. That was one of those static shots that still made things interesting kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. and talk about, like, the lack of production design. Like, what what mm-hmm. is in that shot? It's the door, it's the hallway, and then there's, like, the time clock yeah. thing yeah. on the far right. Yeah. Like, I mean... <laughs> I've worked on I've worked on things where people are like oh man it just looks so bland well yeah. we got to put something in and it's like well we we do but we also can get away with it you yeah. know obviously yeah. depending yeah, like, on circumstances but like I thought it was so like the production design on that shot is just glorious yeah yeah that's one of the things I think about a lot is um when you watch a movie or um or sometimes when you play a video game because I've dabbled around with uh, assets. Um, and stuff and building scenes and stuff um like what difference would it make if like say there's a pencil sitting on the desk like if you didn't have that pencil there it's not going to make any difference to anything at all but it's but it's there anyways just because someone wanted it there you know what i mean so like um when you say you can get away with not putting something somewhere is like you can you know it's not like if you put someone there it wouldn't something there it wouldn't add to the scene but um, it doesn't necessarily need to be there to keep the scene and the story moving forward. Well, and like, I mean, I think back to my last normal person job, right? So I, you know, when I was getting my master's, I was, uh, I was working at a kitchen here in Missoula, Montana. And I, when I saw that shot, I immediately went back to that spot where I would have to clock in and out of to the kitchen. And on those walls was like, employee of the month stuff Mm -hmm. you know just like littered with all that stuff and like my my note when i was watching i was like man that doesn't look like any place where i would ever clock out of from a like a normal person job like because usually there's like instructions of such and such or you know safety stuff you can't (laughs) it's okay to talk unions that is against the law yeah to to prohibit people from unionizing i mean that was the thing at the finham porter (laughs) but but they didn't have any of that. It was just an empty hallway with a clock in and clock out machine. Simplicity. Yeah. Gorgeous. Yeah. It was a really nice um it was a really nice film. It was um it was refreshing because it's you know, everything they a lot of things they did kinda of go against what people in the filmmaking community now kind of feel like they have to do, you know, and that film is like but do we have to do that? You know, do we have to make yeah a giant one shot crazy thing going through the entire parking garage as these people dance, you know, and choreograph it for days and then, you know, have uh, 20 crew members moving things around so that you can pass through time as the camera's moving or whatever. And it's like, no, you yeah. just, you know, just shoot from the security cameras instead, you know? Yeah. Um, so, okay. So I've picked out uh, next week's short film. Um, and when it comes to simplicity, it's definitely more polished when it comes to like the professional feel, you know, Uh it's got some really nice lighting and stuff, but it takes place in one, uh, location. Um, and, uh, you know, I didn't really pay attention to the shots, but now that I think back to it, it, I think it has a lot of static shots in it as well. Um, but it's, it's hilarious. It's, it's funny as hell. And it's, uh, narrated by Nick Offerman um <laughs> okay uh, wait wait is it is it the the western one yeah 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 the gunfighter yeah. um yeah oh yeah yeah so you've that heard of it huh awesome oh, so yeah. that's gonna yeah. be next 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 week's short film just because it's just it's so good and it and it bears yeah. i wanted to do more indie films but it just because it keeps coming up um yeah. when i'm looking for short films 
uh, and I just it's just it's funny. That's it's a good, good one. So yeah, and uh, if you're always looking for laughs, uh, always uh, and I said this in the previous pod, uh, the first podcast, but uh, just uh, eagles are turning people into horses. We will classic, do that someday, Phil. We will classic short we will talk short about film someday. What is that called? Eagles? Whoops! Eagles are turning people into horses. Okay. It is uh, probably the greatest movie ever made. <laughs> bold, uh, bold. I wouldn't. I, well, it's close. The shot complexities. <laughs> Roger Deakins has nothing on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, whoever gaffed yeah. that movie is just phenomenal. Yeah, there's literally one light in that there's one production light in that movie. <laughs> yeah, I didn't it didn't strike me as very well. It, what, did they light it at all even? No, so yeah, there's behind the scenes uh thing of it and he says like, "Yeah, we just used the one Airy 1K." That's it. Okay, so they did have a wow. light though. They had a light, but they only I mean Well, I like, guess that's good cuz I they thought had, they didn't they have had... any, so that's I suppose that's not they a bad have the thing. resources. It's it's I, I feel like I feel like um you should always like in film school you should because these guys are like uh, film students from New York and uh they have the resources to make a, a high quality movie but they didn't. <laughs> they made the funniest movie short film I've ever seen. Where am I going to no. find that? Am I going to find uh, that like on uh, YouTube again? Here, tell you YouTube. what, I will. Um, here. I don't think that there's any other titles like it. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be um, pretty easy to find, I'm sure. I've sent a link through Zoom chat. I don't know if you can snake oh, that. Sweet. Um, but that's yeah, that's absolutely. not that's not it. That's a playlist, and it's the second video on that playlist. But that's okay. all. That's mm, a cool. lot of short films that I've collected. Oh, really? Um, Excellent. So I don't know if you want to watch those or not. It's got absolutely. I had to hold back, um, Phil. There's only one Dom Farah on here, I think. Um, yeah, it's the very first one, but uh, yeah. But there's a, but yeah. So it's a, it's, uh, it's a good playlist. So excellent. I'll take a look at that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Uh, do you want to end the podcast as you started it this time, Phil? Uh, sure. Um, yeah. So I, I, goodbye, everybody. See you next time. Um, uh, it was great to have you on, uh, uh, Dan Malloy. Should have <laughs> should have known that, but oh well. That's that's okay. You're not the first person to make that mistake. So, um, hey, I do just want to say thank you, uh, Shane and 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 Phil. Uh, I I love talking film, and I love talking to people that are. Uh, trying to make sense of this whole thing, uh, how how we do this and how we do it in Montana or New Mexico or however wherever the hell you are. So I really appreciate uh, inviting me on and uh, best of luck to you. Yeah, we appreciate Thanks, you having man. you here. Appreciate it. Yeah. Alrighty, good stuff. That's the end. All right, well. ta-da. <laughs>